you for this introduction, Thomas. And um, you have already mentioned uh, that science and skepticism towards science is a really important topic nowadays in Austria, but not only in Austria. Uh, especially COVID-19 has shown that uh, we have an issue with regards to science skepticism, but uh, we also have to be aware that science skepticism is not something that has just evolved with uh, COVID-19, it just became more obvious. And there is a lot of other science skepticism going on, and uh, we have heard already a couple of uh, questions yesterday by Nicolas Forger's presentation. Uh, what else is there in terms of science skepticism? And one thing is this flat earth movement. There, there are a lot of people out there at the moment say, uh, stating that the flat indeed is um, uh, that the earth indeed is flat. And there are more and more people believing uh, to that. And the reason why this is the case, there is an entire research going on in that regard. And if you think about the flat earth movement, then you probably remember uh, someone called Galileo Galilei, who had already to fight this flat earth movement a couple of centuries ago, not towards uh, the state, but back then uh, to, uh, towards the uh, church. And there is this famous, famous quote by him, and yet it moves. But still it seems that a couple of centuries back, uh, later on, we still have to somehow refresh our memories about Galileo Galilei, that the earth indeed is not flat. But uh, there is more to uh, science skepticism, and I've just picked a couple of uh, questions with regards to health and vaccine skepticism. So we have all these um, um, demonstrations going on that vaccines are not safe, that vaccines should not uh, be used because uh, you can then uh, fall, uh, that you can die of it and so on, and you, you should go into nature and so on and so forth, which is much better than any vaccine that you could imagine. But it's not only the vaccine skepticism, it's not only this uh, nature uh, or flat earth skepticism, there is also something that we see more and more in science skepticism, that ideology is very closely connected to what we can consider science skepticism altogether. And this has something to do with very many libertarian um, perspectives. And there is the US, a former US senators, which simply says that the, uh, the government should not really en engage in anything of um, science, but actually should stay, uh, uh, stick behind science and therefore also somehow provides uh, food to the science skepticism uh, that the state is somehow part of this science community as such. And Thomas has mentioned it before, that there is, of course, also uh, quite some research going on with regards to science skepticism. Uh, in Austria, there is the Austrian Academy of Sciences, which uh, figured out that about one-third of Austrians do, uh, do not trust uh, science or do not trust science to a large extent. Uh, and, however, we in science, we believe in this one here that peer review is more important with regards to science than Fox News or any other kind of uh, difficult uh, media outlet, uh, which um, seems to... Um, convey science messages, or, but it's actually not doing. So having set out the scene on all kinds of uh, different science skepticism, um, we actually need to ask the question, 
what is the science skepticism all about because it seems a little bit of everything. And the second question that goes together with this one here, why should we care? I mean, you could simply say, well, there are people out there who do not believe into all these scientific findings. There might be good reasons why they should not uh, believe into science, they, in the findings of science, so why should we actually care? And this is a little bit the theme of this uh, presentation here, why in the end we should care, and uh, also what we might be able to do, even though um, we have figured out yesterday that uh, we have always a kind of a pessimistic note with regards uh, to the summer discourse. And I also have to say that when I'm saying what can we do, what should we do, I also unfortunately do not have too many optimistic uh, news in that regard to share with you. So what is science skepticism in the first place? Uh, you can find quite a lot of um, uh, definitions out there and I've just chosen one definition for you which says it's the systematic and unwarranted rejection of empirical evidence or well-established scientific findings, right? This is the, a general definition of science skepticism. And the reason why we should actually care is that it can have damaging consequences for individual and societies as lar at large. Just think about people not getting vaccinated and therefore the virus probably spreading even further, or people being sick and not taking the medication that is necessary for them, or people not being educated on certain issues like evolution because they do, do not believe in evolution uh, or they do not change their behavior because they don't believe in climate change and so on. So you can see here the damaging effect both for the individual if you do not take the medication but also for the society if behavior is then very difficult to be changed. But what is also important, and here you see that I'm a political scientist, is that, uh, that this may lead to the lack of political support for political action. Because if I don't believe in something, or actually I even reject something, then if policy stakeholders put forward a political action, I might not believe in that, and therefore I might also not behave as I should behave, and I even reject it. So therefore, also the political stakeholders are getting into difficult positions in implementing certain policies and also asking people to behave accordingly. So we do have these individual uh, damaging effects, but we also have these societal damaging effects if people do not um, really support then the political actions that may go together with remedies against um, climate change, vaccine fatigue, and so on and so forth. So what is the research so far saying? And most of the research that we have um, uh, seen so far, even though there is now all over Europe a lot of research being done, and Thomas has said that there will be a huge report coming out by the end of the month, also here for the Austrian case. But so far the research has been very much done in the US and to a smaller extent uh, in northern parts of um, Europe, mainly the, the Netherlands. So to a certain extent, lots of what we know about science skepticism comes from the US uh, context. And what is the first important thing about science skepticism that there is not one science skepticism, but there are many science skepticists, uh, skepticisms out there. There is a heterogeneity in that. And we need to differentiate between these different science skepticisms along the domains. So is it that we're talking about skepticism towards 
climate change aspects? Are we talking about skepticisms towards um, evolution uh, aspects and so on and so forth? So we have to distinguish a little bit more about the different domains that people can actually develop uh, skeptic skeptical views towards. But what is even more important is not only to distinguish um, uh, between those different domains, but also to somehow capture what are the predictors of these different uh, skepticisms that we can um, see out there, and whether the same predictors predict the same type of skepticism. And there is quite some research out there which has looked into those different domains and looked into those different predictors, and I'm going to show you a little bit the research, uh, the research findings in that regard, um, mainly focusing on uh, the U.S. context, but I also was able to figure out, uh, find a couple of comparative studies, uh, including also some of the European countries. So, with regards to domain, we see um, a strong focus so far on um, uh, climate change skepticism, vaccine skepticism, evolution skepticism, again, once you're having the US in the center of this research, this is probably not too surprising that evolution skepticism is coming up, even though we have heard recently that also in other countries like India, um, something like evolution skepticism is becoming uh, more important, even to the fact that uh, education books or books for uh, uh, schools are going to be changed in the sense that the evolution theory is taken out of it, also in India. And um, then we have the genetic modification skepticism that is probably more familiar to many people in Austria because there was a, a huge discussion in Austria already in the 1990s about this genetically modified uh, food and so on. And there is, of course, all this skepticism also connected to that. So what are the predictors now saying? Oh, sorry. The, uh, well, the predictors depend on the domain. So some findings that we um, can find in the literature is that climate change skepticism is very closely connected with conservative ideology. Um, so we have these ideologies, the progressive versus the uh, conservative ideologies, or sometimes you also call them the green alternative liberal um, ideology on the one hand versus the traditional authoritarian nationalist uh, ideology on the other hand. And what we see in the literature is that this uh, um, a conservative ideology is really positively related with climate change skepticism. This means the more conservative you regard yourself, the more likely you are skeptical towards uh, the, the, the findings, the research findings uh, on climate change. Um, then we have vaccine um, skepticism where we see that spirituality, not religiosity, spirituality is positively connected with vaccine skepticism. And I will go into that uh, later with our own data in the sense that if you believe very much in nature, that nature can heal you, also that you have to a certain extent esoteric views, then there is, it is more likely that you develop a kind of a vaccine skepticism. There is also something which uh, we tend to forget, literacy, right? I mean, we seem to 
think very often that people are very well aware of what's going on, that they do understand how scientists do work, and that scientific theories can change, results can change, uh, and so on. And we also see that um, those people being low on scientific li literacy in the sense that they do not really know what sciences, uh, scientists do and how to somehow evaluate scientific findings and do not know actually whether certain scientific findings are, tr are true or wrong see the flat earth movement, then for that, for they also have um, a higher vaccine skepticism. And this is also the same um, with uh, geni uh, genetic modified uh, skepticism. So here we see the lower the scientific um, literacy is, the more likely that such a skepticism, both with regards to vaccine as well as genetic modified stuff uh, is. When it comes, and this is probably not too surprising, that religiosity is uh, really positively connected with, with evolution skepticism. Again, this is a very strong result for the US um, that, um, they don't, that religiosity makes a huge impact on whether I believe that something like an evolution has taken place, uh, yes or no. And finally, we see that all faith in science is having an overall effect on all these times of skepticisms in the sense that if people believe in science, then of course they are lower in all these domains of skepticisms. If they are somehow skeptical towards the entire notion of science and scientists, then of course, again, uh, the skepticisms in all these domains are higher. And I've mentioned already there are certain, um, no, sorry, there are certain uh, country differences, but um, the, it's quite interesting that the research so fa far has found very little um, country differences. Normally, doing comparative research, we see quite some substantial country differences, but when it comes to skepticism, these country differences are pretty small, with a couple of exceptions, like religiosity being really strong, a strong predictor in the US for evolution skepticism and so on. So, um, one thing that uh, I've not yet um, mentioned on uh, the findings so far is that overall we find, or we see in the literature, that the spirituality is a main predictor of faith in science. So therefore, now we put that in front of faith in science and try to explain faith in science. And there we see that the more spiritual, spiritual a person considers him or herself, the less this uh, person believes uh, in science or has this faith in science. And there is actually a very good quote by Rutjens and van der Leij, which tried to explain it. And if you read it, then it makes absolutely sense that uh, why is there this uh, very strong negative correlation between spirituality and science? Because there is this epistemology um, that is of the spiritual beliefs that actually makes it for people very difficult to believe in the epistemology of science, right? These are completely going into different directions, and therefore it's probably not really surprising that spirituality is not doing too much uh, uh, for the faith in science or actually increases faith in science if somebody considers him or herself very spiritual. So this is a little bit the literature that um, I summarized here in a nutshell. There is much more uh, out there. Um, and as uh, Thomas has said, every month there is more and more research with regards to science skepticism coming out. So what is the situation in Austria? There is 
a little bit of stuff going on. I've mentioned the um, Austrian Academy of Sciences before, and their study that they published a couple of months ago. And uh, also Thomas has mentioned that they are doing at the Institute for Advanced Studies some research, uh, which is resulting in a huge report by the end of month on uh, science skepticism. And we are also uh, doing some research um, uh, with regards to science skepticism, namely in the Austrian Corona Panel project that Thomas has mentioned before. We started this project in March 2020, and uh, the last wave that we were running in that regard was in June and July of this year. So the data that I'm going to present to you are really hot of press. Um, and uh, you see already it's the wave 35. This means that we can also uh, trace a little bit how people have evolved over the corona uh, 19 pandemic even though i will not show you anything in this regard because um, i got the data three days ago and therefore was not yet able to do all the analysis but in principle we would be able to show a little bit what happened in those three years which people actually moved in away from uh, um, notions of science and moved more into spirituality and so on and so forth so uh, this is more to come in the future. So we have a sample of 1,500 uh, people more or less, and our population is the Austrian population, uh, aged 14 and older. And we have a lot of topics in there, but in wave 35, we have a specific focus on science skepticism, including various domains that I've mentioned before, but also uh, science literacy, faith in science, and something that we really wanted to capture, uh, and I'm going also to present that to you in a minute, is this spirituality, the belief in nature. So we are going one step further, not only the esoteric perspective, but also the belief in nature, which is to a certain extent sometimes very um, important, especially in German-speaking countries, that nature is there to heal, that nature uh, is better uh, than medication and so on. So we wanted to see what this is doing in terms of science skepticism. And something very new that um, we have uh, not seen in any uh, studies before are these libertarian views that we're capturing, in the sense that um, we uh, were interested in understanding if people do have a problem, libertarian people do have a problem in with the state, they are really eager on their freedom, on their autonomy, and how is it that these people are reacting with scientific findings, especially if these scientific findings are then imposed by the state, like a vaccine mandate, like that you have to change uh, the, the, your behavior with regards to climate change. And our hunch and our hypothesis was the more libertarian you are, the more likely you will have problems uh, with the state imposing these scientific findings and therefore it's probably also more likely that you reject scientific findings and therefore evolve um, uh, um, a greater science skepticism. So this is um, where we stand with our data collection and now I present you a couple of um, results from this data collection that we did uh, last month. And I start with something 
like trust. Trust in institution. And you see here we have all kinds of institutions here, the federal government, parliament, regional government, military, police, healthcare, and we also ask science. And what we can see here is that trust in those political institutions, especially the government and the parliament, was really high at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is what we call the rally around the flag effect. And uh, the rally around the flag effect is not lasting for very long. Uh, as you see, it uh, went down quite substantially. And nowadays, the trust both in the federal government as well as in the parliament is pretty low. Um, and just a small fun fact, normally you see the European Union never had lots of trust in amongst the Austrian population, but when it comes uh, uh, to a comparison with the federal government and the parliament, they are doing not as bad as they used to do. Actually, they're doing a little bit better. Um, so you see something is going on here also with regards to the political institutions. We also see, as there are many lawyers in here, the judiciary. Um, that is still pretty high, but also the judiciary has lost uh, trust amongst the uh, Austrian population. Uh, but what we see here is actually science is doing pretty good, right? I mean, they have the highest trust levels even before healthcare and police and military. I mean, here now they are sim pretty similar, uh, but nevertheless, they're the top performer. So let's go then to the next one, namely from trust to interest and see uh, what's going on there. So are people interested in science, sports, politics and culture? And again, if you look at it, it seems like everything is fine. I mean, most people are actually interested in science, not so interested in sports, at least when you compare these two things. And culture has a difficult standing as well, like sports. So in the end, it seems that people are really interested uh, in science. If you look here, very interested, quite interested, and slightly interested. So at least there is some interest there, apart from about 10% of people well, we are not at all interested in science. So the question, once you see this here, uh, and the trust is like, well, all good then. Why are we actually here? Why are we talking actually about a science skepticism? Uh, these two indicators tell us exactly um, that we should lay back and say, oh, fine, let's move on to something else. Uh, well, of course, um, it's not that easy, and we looked into other aspects of science skepticism, and the first thing that we did, we looked into these typical uh, indicators that give us some impression about science denial. And there is a lot of stuff over there that we asked, uh, just to tell you that we put this all together in one factor, created one factor of science denial on a degree for each of uh, the person, and then run analysis here. But you see here already some of them which are quite interesting. Climate change is caused by human activities. Um, and uh, we asked them whether this is false or true. And well, there are almost 20% of people saying this is simply not true, right? Um, or they are um, thinking that this is false. And then there is this category of over 20% which say, we're not really sure whether this is true or false. And uh, the same thing here, vaccines are a safe and reliable means to prevent disease. Then again, about 20% uh, saying no, um, this is false. This is a false statement. And again, um, somewhere in between here, 23%, which do not really know what's going on. Um, 
also uh, then we have uh, consumption of genetically modified food is not harmful uh, to health also here uh, is uh, quite a lot of people and this is probably very particular for Austria saying that this is um, uh, false this is a false statement um, you see that there is a long tradition on this genetically modified uh, food aspects um, uh, in Austria and also here without measures to contain the spread of the coronavirus most people would have died and they say very very certain that it's false rather certain that it's false uh, up to uh, 26 to 28 percent of the um, population so if you just look at it then you're saying well it's a minority right I mean uh, there is a minority, say, uh, that falls into the category of um, denial, uh, sign, uh, science denial, and again, one could say, why would we care? This is a minority, so therefore, um, let it, uh, let's go with the majority here. But we s you see here that there are quite some people in between, which make the whole story a little bit more complicated, not knowing exactly where these people move to. Move, do they move to the more science denial people or do they move into the ones that believe um, then in the scientific findings? Um, and again, these are all the different domains that you can take separately to see what uh, predicts them, but that's not what I'm going to present you uh, later. So now let's look into the predictors. And the first predictor is uh, a kind of a rational predictor with regards to science literacy, where we are asking simply facts uh, about uh, science just to see, okay, do people somehow have a notion of uh, science and uh, there are certain aspects which are um, very obvious, scientific theories never change, lots of people saying this is wrong and a very small majority saying, well, this is actually uh, right, or antibiotics kill both viruses and bacteria, most of the people saying this is wrong, nevertheless, something like 17% uh, saying, well, no, this is actually true, uh, and of course, me doing statistics and doing all kinds of probability aspects, we also ask the question about if the probability of a side effect is 0.005%, it occurs in 500 out of 10,000 cases. Um, and you see actually quite a lot of people uh, give the right answer, but still uh, you see that lots of people are completely overwhelmed with this question saying, I would not know what's going on. Um, so that all these questions are then um, used to, uh, uh, to calculate science skepticism. And for Oliver Rakolb, the historian, we also asked something, the largest Nazi concentration camp in Austria was Mauthausen in Upper Austria, and you see that there are up, up to 10% uh, which say this is wrong, something else must have gone on here in Austria. So this is um, the science skepticism that we um, um, measured and then put together in one uh, factor, and now we also asked them belief in nature. And here you see already uh, what I've hinted at uh, before, that this vision about nature being superior um, is shared amongst quite some respondents, like all human diseases arises from an imbalance between body, mind and soul, 10% are 30% uh, are actually um, in favor or agreeing to this statement, and 37% saying they would not know, right? So they're really in the middle or that diseases arise, um, diseases arise whenever humans live out of harmony with nature. So there is this 
strong spiritual, esoteric, believe in nature aspect that we do find um, in, the, in our survey, yet again, you could say it's a minority, right? It's not the majority, but then if you look into this middle category, again, you would say, okay, how do these people move? What do they do over the course of the time if they provide, get more information, if they get them more information from the internet because they ask this question, do they then get on sites that move them more into this direction or move them more in that direction, right? So there is a lot of stuff in there which can make you worry um, and therefore uh, given the fact that science skepticism can do kinds of individual and societal uh, damages, we should be wary about that. The next thing is about libertarian beliefs that we also then put together in um, uh, a factor to do the analysis. And what you see here is that there are quite some people that have these um, strong libertarian views that people do not need the state or government, they can govern themselves best. Um, they mm, have about 12 to 13 percent, but also uh, here saying our society works best when it leaves individuals responsible for their lives without dictating what they should do. Also here we have uh, a, mi a minority, but still the minority is not too small, and again quite some people in between, so that we have these strong libertarian views with regards to the autonomy of the individual, the freedom of the individual, and also that the state should somehow uh, stay outside of people's individual lives. And this, we think, as I said before, can also have some damaging effect for science and science skepticism because science and scientists are very often considered part of this state elites, political elites, um, and they're working together then uh, with the politicians in order to implement their findings. So I've just taken these three predictors and show you now some regression analysis. I come to this one above with another slide later on. But what you see here is already the dependent variable is science, a denial. And what you see is that the libertarian ideology is a strong predictor for science denial, right? The more libertarian you are, the more likely you uh, are skeptical towards science based on the indicator that we have created. And the same thing here with the belief in nature. The more you believe in nature, the uh, more spirituality you have, the more likely you are skeptical towards science. And um, especially this result is quite interesting because it seems that there is really this indirect effect um, of uh, the state seen as the enemy, which is then also be transferred to, the sci to science and scientists and therefore also has some uh, negative effect on uh, science uh, findings and empirical findings of scientists. And this is just something on the scientific literacy which I want to show you in this uh, uh, way because the lower your score on the scientific literacy, um, the higher your science denial is. And the more literacy you have with regards to science, the, the lower your science skepticism is. So again, here you see that um, knowledge is a very important predictor, positive predictor now with regards to lowering uh, the, the um, uh, science skepticism. So where do we stand? The question is um, if it depends where what we look at, right? If we look at our trust results, if we look at our interest results, we may go home and say everything fine. It's not too bad what's going on here. Um, 
But if we're going then into the other indicators of science denial and what actually predicts science denial, then the story gets a little bit more blurred. And I would like to come back to what Nicolas Forgo yesterday said in his uh, talk about when we get information, it's about beliefs, whether we believe the information and whether we actually trust the source of the information. And the thing here is that one could immediately say, well, in order to bring these people back that we at the moment have uh, this skepticism towards science, we simply have to educate them. I mean, this is the very um, easy answer that a lot of people tell, uh, tell you, give them more education or inform them, and then all is fine, right? Um, well, it's probably not that easy because when it comes to scientific literacy, Probably yes, you can inform people, you can educate people just to give them more hard facts. But when it comes to these predictors of science skepticism and uh, believe in nature and their effect on science skepticism, the things get much more complicated because believing and trusting are incredibly important indicators in the sense that people who might get different information because we inform them that they are actually wrong about their views on science, get into something that we call motivated reasoning. They're going, as we have seen then, on sites that provide them the information they want to see. And they believe in this information they want to see and they trust these sources that they actually um, then do see. And therefore, whatever information we give them, there is the counterbalance strategy immediately for them to go for other information sites, for other information sources they believe and trust more, and where they once again uh, do get information that uh, is um, in balance with their own uh, beliefs, and therefore they can then uh, yet again um, put away all the information that contradicts their own uh, their beliefs, um, um, that, that con can contradict their beliefs. Before I star, uh, stop, uh, I would like to share this last slide with you. Um, I've not mentioned anything with regards to climate change so far, but of course we also have looked into uh, domain-specific skepticism in our survey, climate change being one of them. And you see here already quite some interesting aspects like, for example, climate scientists spread too much hysteria, almost 30% of the people saying yes, they fully agree with that, or also saying that the scientific results on the cause of climate change are not clear-cut. I mean, here you also see that quite some people agree um, uh, with this aspect, and this is something that is probably due to the the practice of the news media of inviting always um, next to uh, researchers which say that there is a climate change uh, going on, some other researcher which says there is no climate change going on, so this balanced um, uh, information that they would like to provide, even though probably we need to question whether this is really um, something that we should uh, continue doing because if 95% of the climate, uh, uh, climate researchers say that there is something going on like a climate change, I think uh, it's not worthwhile to invent always somebody from the uh, other 5% which neglect something like that. Um, and also the climate measures unnecessarily restrict our freedom, also there something like 23% which say um, that this is the case. 
why do I show you this one here? Because um, these skeptical aspects with regards to climate change, but not only climate change, also with regards to vaccine skepticism and so on, they also have a political dimension. In the sense that uh, there are political stakeholders, political parties that use these skeptical things in order to capture voters, in order to run their policies, in order to make them attractive to, to a new um, group of voters. Um, and how this is working and which in fact this can have on voters is actually what Manis Weiskircher is telling us uh, in his presentation. So I hope with this slide I can provide a nice transition to your presentation and thank you for your attention for my presentation. Thank you.